0: the Franchise Festival Podcast, where we go in-depth with noteworthy video game series from the last 40 years. For Season 2, we're covering the evolution of Capcom's Resident Evil. You can find us online at FranchiseFestivalPodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Franchise Underscore Fest. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on iTunes or consider funding us at Patreon.com slash FranchiseFestival. Patrons like our first supporter Cheetachu will get shouted out on the show and get access to bonus episodes. The first bonus episode is currently available and covers our background with horror cinema, literature, and games. If you have any questions or suggestions, be sure to reach out to us via email at franchisefestival@gmail.com. At For this special minisode, we thought we'd offer our impressions on Netflix's recently released Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. Uh, a rare bit of timely content from us, as we more often are covering games from the past. Bear in mind that this is going to involve spoilers, so be sure to watch that show before listening if you want to be surprised. As ever, we are your hosts, Chris, Spencer, and I'm Hamilton. And we're glad to have you with us today. Let's talk Resident Evil. <laughs> So Resident Evil Infinite Darkness was just released uh, about two weeks ago at the time of recording. We're recording this on July 17th, 2021, and this show came out on July 8th, 2021. It's a four-episode CGI miniseries set between the events of the video games Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5.
1: So this uh, four-episode miniseries um, involves a bioweapon attack on the White House um, a civil war in a fictional country named Panamistan, um, or Panamstan?
0: Panamstan. <laughs> yeah, it. it uh, Spencer and I were talking about this. It seems to be kind of carved out of, uh, like, Nepal, Pakistan, and Afghanistan. It's right there on the border of China.
1: So characters returning to this are Leon and Claire, who are voiced by Nick Apostolides and Stephanie Panicello, uh, respectively, from the RE2 remake.
0: Yeah, these two are just a hoot. Um, they pop up a lot on uh, like social media and so forth. Just before the pandemic set in, um, they were attending like conventions dressed as Leon and Claire from the Resident Evil Two remake. <laughs> like they're they're kind of all in on these characters, and they they've just done a bang up job. I know some different actors have voiced these characters over the years, but uh, Apostolides and Panicello really kind of sell Leon and Claire uh, very effectively.
1: They they both kind of make the characters. You can kind of tell when you're watching the miniseries that they really do love their positions.
2: Infinite Darkness also introduces uh, some new characters. Uh, most notably, we have Shen Mei and Jason. Jason is the sole surviving member of the Mad Dogs. Mad Dogs. Uh, Mad Dogs. They were a U.S. military unit... um, active in Panamstan, uh, that we kind of follow throughout the series. And they sort of discover and get infected by uh, the zombies, the bioweapon, in their time in Panamstan. This show was produced by TMS Entertainment. They've been owned by Sega since 2010. Uh, They have a great reputation. Uh, They're known for making, you know, things like Lupin the Third, Little Nemo, and Akira. They're really good, which was surprising to me that they were
0: involved with this because I think the animation in this is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So I think part of the reason for that is that the animation itself was designed by a a studio called Quebiko, which when I saw that name, I thought uh, like, oh, is this a, like a Quebec based animation studio? But no, it is a, a Japanese studio. Um, and I could not find anything else major that Qubico had done. So even though TMS Entertainment was kind of running the show, Qubico did all of the animation, which I think might be responsible for some of the shortcomings there.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Fair enough. So the show opens. Uh, we get a cold open of just kind of real generic helicopters flying over uh, Amstan. We see a helicopter get shot down, and it, it goes down pretty gently. So presumably there's some survivors Yeah, it's uh, not
0: Resident Evil if there's not a helicopter that goes down.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mad Dog wants to go down and try to get, you know, kind of rescue the team that went down. Uh, And he gets orders explicitly telling him not to do so. And he disregards them. So his unit goes down. They fight some insurgents. Uh, We sort of cut forward to some dead soldiers being kind of strung up on a, I think, by the helicopter wreckage. And the insurgents are sort of burning them. And we see, like, the eyes open
0: on one of the corpses to indicate that there's are zombies. And then we cut to credits. Yeah, the it's- sound direction in that scene is really slick, actually. Um, okay. The the way that the, uh, the eyes open without any kind of audio cue or anything, and then it cuts to the credits, I think, is just a nice directorial touch. So credit where it's due. Yeah. Um, I went into that scene
2: a little bit in detail because that's an important one. Part of the structure mm-hmm. of this is that it flashes back to that sequence a lot throughout the four episodes and kind of reveals more and more of what happened right Mm -hmm. um after the credits were introduced back to our our kind of two main characters claire redfield and leon kennedy claire is doing humanitarian work in pen amstan trying to open up hospitals and schools uh and she ends up she's speaking to a child that witnessed some of the events of that and she sees some drawings he made of the zombies and that kind of cues her into the fact that you know there might be another zombie outbreak yeah uh Leon is just a, a secret agent. This happens after Resident <laughs> Evil Four, so we're introduced to some new characters, uh, like Jason and Shen May are here, and some other guy who's like important-ish, but I don't remember his name. He doesn't and, really do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're mostly just talking about how cool Leon is.
1: They're like, "Oh, he's the fourth
2: <laughs> agent on the way. Oh, it's Leon. Oh, that guy that rescued the president's daughter." And some there's people
1: dismiss
0: of, him, but there's
1: a lot of butt kissing.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's just back. And Leon forth about was Leon. indeed a bad enough dude to rescue the president's daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Uh, We hear
2: the president talking about how some server got hacked uh, and data was stolen. We learned it was an inside job, kind of setting up the reason why they're trying to put together this team when the power goes out and zombies attack. And then we just have an action scene with zombies running around the White House and getting shot. I wanted to point out one silly scene. There's a part where (laughs) the the physics of it are a little weird, but a zombie gets kicked into a chandelier. (laughs) Inexplicably. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh, the guy does sort of like this roll kick, and then the camera kind of cuts away so you can't see it, but when it comes back, the zombies hanging from the
0: chandelier. So that's kind of yeah. funny. Yeah, it's real goofy. Mm-hmm. Also, these zombies are fast for some reason. Yeah, they uh, are. In contrast to any other Resident Evil zombies. They suspect that
2: China might be behind this because the data that was accessed uh, had to, you know, dealt with research on like a Chinese bioweapon development facility. Yeah. So they stick the whole team onto a sub to send the China. Leon flirts with Shen Mei because, you know, of course, it's Leon, Leon is going to... Yeah. <laughs> uh, more flashbacks to Panamstan, where we see zombies kill everybody. Uh, and that's the end of the first episode. Just kind of, like, setting everything up. Uh, episode two, we have a cold open where we see Jason kind of walking into a real creepy house with a bag full of medicine. Mm-hmm. And then we see an empty bed. Then we get credits. So that's kind of... Uh, I guess that's our first not so subtle hint that he's involved with the zombie stuff. There's a scene here. I really love because uh, mm-hmm. it's trying to give exposition to the watcher to let you know, like what's going on in kind of the history of this Panamstan conflict. Yeah. But the way it's delivered is funny because it's delivered to us by Claire. I think she's in like a motel and she's like doing research <laughs> and doing the whole, you know, beautiful mind thing where she's like putting like putting the pins in the wall and the articles and right. trying to map out this mm-hmm. conspiracy and so she's just on a bed pole and all nighter watching these YouTube videos of, like, uh, like news stories talking about and outlining the whole timeline of the Panamstan conflict. <laughs> and it's funny because she was there doing humanitarian stuff, trying to rebuild after this war. So it's just, she knows this stuff, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She's
2: devoted her life to, you know, being involved with this conflict. But she's like, oh, maybe I should take the time to watch some YouTube videos and learn about this.
0: Yeah, I think it's the first sign that the character's motivations in this uh, story are primarily designed to string the viewer along, not to have any internal consistency. Yeah, it's kind of... And the one important thing that she
2: learns here is that the whole Mad Dog squad has killed themselves at some point. Mm-hmm. They've, all but mm-hmm. two of them have committed suicide. Uh, there's more flashbacks here. We get another funny scene in the sub with Jason and Leon... So we see Jason kind of shooting himself up with some medicine and looking all sweaty over this sink. So he's not doing so hot. And Leon's trying to talk Mm. to him. And there's some generic dialogue here. But this is the first uh, time we see, we hear a line of dialogue where Jason looks at Leon all serious and goes, Did you know that the root of terror is fear?
1: Yeah, he's really on that the entire series and th- that i don't get i'm like you're it's trying the- too hard
0: it's so insightful
2: oh it's so stupid and whoever wrote it who apparently the writer director was so proud of that line they that, were. That, that little bit about fear leading to terror is just constantly said over and over for the whole rest of the series
1: and if i could just go on with that for a second yeah. I mean, we'll go more into our stuff with impressions, but it's just like, I just, I've never, I can't say I've never. I haven't seen something in a long time where they take something and just go nowhere with it. It's one line that they just think is badass, and he keeps saying it over and over, and there's no real root as to why he says this.
0: It felt very, uh, it felt very JRPG. It, and it not did. like, there's a lot of great JRPGs, right? But it felt very, um... Mm. Like, badly translated JRPG. Like, it, yeah. it took me back for some reason to Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yeah. Where, um, you know, there's just, there's a handful of, like, themes. Quote-unquote themes. Mm-hmm. And the characters just sort of repeat the theme line every hour or so. <laughs> and, like, that that's enough to be insightful or something. And, of course, it's not. You know, it, right. it means nothing. Right.
1: <laughs> And I mean, like, as we'll probably go into, or especially we'll go into in a moment, a little bit more about his backstory, because it is important to him as a villain.
2: I don't know that it is important to his backstory as a villain. We'll talk about it as it comes up, but Jason's motivations seem really mixed in this. <laughs> but after that little bit, we uh, we find out that zombies have made it onto the sub, and we see Jason and Shen Mei uh, kind of kill the crew. They kind of sneak back into the engine room and slit their throats. Uh, Yeah. So kind of Mm cluing us in that they've got ulterior motives here. So at some point, Leon goes back uh, into the room, and we see... We see... uh, It almost looks like a chestburster scene with the corpses, where we hear something moving around inside of the bodies. And we see, like, Mm -hmm. their clothes, like, uh, kind of pulsing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these zombie rats shoot out. Uh, They're real, like, cartoonish, like hair all standing up on end, so they almost look like hedgehogs and like these blacked mm-hmm. over eyes and they're very aggressive mm-hmm. uh, they kind of they... reminded me of dark souls rats yeah and they form this swarm and kind of come after leon and we get probably the best one-liner in the entire series where leon mm. just goes i wish i had some cheese
0: yeah peak leon <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that kind of stuff is like great because that's what resident evil is kind of known for right but the Tone for the whole rest of this show is so self serious. <laughs> yeah. So then the sub starts a self destruct sequence. Again, wouldn't be Resident Evil without our protagonist trying to escape a self destructing mm-hmm. thing of some sort.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the sub blows up, and we see Leon, uh, Shen Mei, and Jason escape on like a little mini sub, and they end up in Shanghai. There's a neat little callback to the games here when they go to open the door to the safe house. It's like duct taped shut. So they have to cut the duct tape with a knife.
0: Oh, I didn't think about that being a callback to the games, but yeah, that's the same thing that happens in resident evil seven and resident evil two remake. Isn't it? Yep. Very cool.
2: Yeah. And at this point, Leon sees some knife on Shen or blood on Shen knife. So he, he suspects that they killed the crew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in this, we get a safe house scene and this is another, there's like a cadence to this whole show, which is just like an action scene and then a bunch like an excuse to vomit some exposition and then action scene and then exposition dump. Mm-hmm. So we just had our sub action scene. So now we have our exposition dump. Uh I guess Shenmei went out for groceries, so she comes back with the groceries and she's kind of eavesdropping on a conversation.
1: Now, I know that the um the graphics you felt were, fr- were fairly terrible and we'll we'll get into that, but I I love the facial expressions. During this uh during this conversation between Jason and, um and Leon, and uh, by the end of it when they get into the fight, like yeah, the the waiting period I think was done really well because then like Jason has this uncomfortable smile and yet like oh, okay, and then Leon kind of is smirking but also slightly turning his head. I I don't know why I notice things like that, but I was like that's a very very interesting thing. It's not just this dumb shootout. It's actually like two people trying to read each other.
0: Yeah, it's very inconsistent. Like, there are there are portions of this show that the characters look like, um, you know, maybe like Xbox 360-era CG cutscenes, and mm-hmm. then there are portions of this that are, like, not quite Pixar-level, but, like, <laughs> a really top-notch level of, uh, of facial expression and motion capture. Mm-hmm. And it varies radically between them. It's like some of the action sequences are pretty well done. I really like the uh, sub-action sequences. Um, but yeah, this, this safe house scene is probably one of the better scenes in the show. Uh, I think for exactly the reason that you mentioned Hamilton. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it gives exposition, it gives character beats, it's got a little bit of action, and it's really well animated. Mm-hmm. But I disagree,
2: because the character <laughs> beats that <laughs> this tries to give are completely ignored later um like what the the characterization the scene tries to convey is you know doesn't go anywhere and they say some stupid things so (laughs) we're sitting here leon kind of confronts him he's like why'd you kill the crew and he tells him he goes shen may and i have like another we have an ulterior an an extra mission here we're trying to get proof (laughs) that uh the u.s government is part of a huge conspiracy do you want to be part of this and leon gives some quip he goes uh Oh, so it's treason, then. I'll be sure to include that in my report. (laughs) And Jason responds with, It won't do any good. They'll just cover it up. You know how good they are at covering things up. Which sounds dramatic, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, what are they going to cover up? Leon didn't agree to Mm -hmm. help with the conspiracy. Handing them in would be the thing they want him to do. Cover...
1: (laughs) What?
0: What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to argue... Yeah. Like, I'm not going to argue the story
1: part. I was just purely going by the uh, the facial expressions.
2: Yeah, like tonally, I think this tonally, I
1: thought it was good.
2: The tone feels on point because it seems like the tone is all that was considered. Like the writers sat yeah, in a vacuum right. and just tried to think up of almost like scr- they, they tried to. It was like they visualized screenshots and very in like short uh, sections of text that sounded serious, mm-hmm. and then included that without, like, any greater context around any of these conversations. That's what this whole thing seems like. It seems like a series of, like, individual scenes that someone thought sounded cool in a <laughs> vacuum all mm. stitched
1: together. Oh, this is definitely just, like, one giant first draft. Yeah. yeah. There was no editor. There was no final draft. They just, you know, when you're going through something, you're just like, this scene, well, I need something for this scene. Uh, and, like, later, somebody, you know, quips and uh, or chimes in, and they're just like... Does that sound right? They're just like, no, no, no. It's, it's just to fill the, the thing for now. We'll go back. And they just yeah, don't. It's
0: fine. It's fine. Yeah, we'll right. fix it in post.
1: And they just yeah. forget for every single scene. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I think those two observations are very apt. Uh, this, this is clearly, this show is a bullet-pointed list of cool moments strung together with nonsense. Mm-hmm. And it is yeah. also plainly a first draft that never received any meaningful edits. Um, and then this little exchange sort of wraps up with Leon going,
2: where's your proof? Even though Jason just told him he's here to get the proof. So I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was, yes. So Leon
2: shoots Jason. Uh, we walk away and we get the camera pan over to show his like lifeless body with a bullet in his chest, which, you know, tells us he is of course coming back. Yeah. So we're at the halfway point. It's going to get faster from here because like less things, a lot happens in episode three. (laughs) Nothing happens in episode four. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, cold open on this one is Claire investigating a spooky house. She's trying to track down the other surviving member of the Mad Dogs that's not Jason. Uh, Mm -hmm. And she finds that, you know, there's empty injectors kind of uh, on the floor. And he's killed himself. So, that only leaves Jason left. Uh, We cut back to Shen Mei arriving at some big mansion. She, like, checks behind her to make sure she's not being followed. So, you know, of course, Leon followed right behind her. (laughs) You know, Leon's a pro. Uh, We get an exposition dump here. Where we learn that Shen Mei's little brother uh, is was turned into a zombie by the U.S. government. He was on some like special mission um, that the Mad Dogs kind of stumbled across. And she was working in the control room at that time, so she kind of saw this whole thing happen. So that's when she sort of, not quite defects, but she splits off and meets up with the Mad Dogs and concocts this plan with Jason to try to expose what happened.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So her brother he lost his arms and legs uh and he was rescued by the mad dogs and brought back they got bit by zombies in an attack so he gave them their inhibitor the inhibitors that he had and that kind of tells us that he was in the know you know yeah. this was <clears throat> a thing that knowingly happened he went in pre-infected and had this medicine for himself uh but for now we see his body he's hooked up to a bunch of machines they've got him kind of on like life support they they've just got the her his her zombified brother Just kind of in
0: stasis. Yeah, and he doesn't look Mm -hmm. like other zombies either. He has this kind of, like, crystallized look to him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know if it's a new strain or what.
0: An interesting
2: idea that goes nowhere. (laughs) Yep. Again. It's revealed to us at this point that they're here to get this chip. Uh, each of the zombie soldiers has this chip implanted in them that monitors their biometrics and collects their combat data. Thank goodness for combat data. Mm-hmm. Where would we
0: be without combat data? <laughs> Blessed
2: combat data. And the plan uh, If is... you're
0: filling out your Resident Evil bingo card, at this point we have a uh, self-destruct sequence, a downed helicopter, and combat data. And virus canisters. And oh, virus yep, canister. yep, 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 for sure. And, you know, the
2: plan was to get the, collect this chip and leak it to kind of let everyone know that this is what the government was doing.
0: So now that the exposition's over, the house explodes. Why not? <laughs> yeah, they attribute this to Jason. They do. Uh, in, in yeah, in a line of dialogue, they attribute the house being blown up to Jason, but it's not clear how or why I was like, or why? anything else.
1: Like, why would he do this?
2: <laughs> this is the big problem I have with his characterization, because the plan to turn against the government and leak this data seems like a perfectly r- plausible plan. Yep. But after the house blows up, Leon just hears the flashback. He hears Jason's voice in his head going, the root of terror is fear. And that's when Leon turns to Shen Mei and goes, Jason's plan isn't to blow up the conspiracy. He wants the whole world to feel the terror that he felt in Pan Amstan.
1: And like, yeah. And that's what and makes, like, yeah. I'm
2: Ugh. like, what? That doesn't, one, that doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no, we've been shown nothing to indicate that that's what he does want. Or right. why he would take, like, that more villainous turn. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd buy that if there's a little more setup for it, but it's not. And also, Leon just intuits that and is right from nothing? From <laughs> that little dialogue clip? Yeah. Of
1: course he is. Yeah. yeah.
2: I hate this goes so, so wildly off dumb. the rails
0: from this moment. I'll, I'll spell it out here. We've kind of pieced
2: this together over the three episodes, but kind of the through the villain through line for this is defense secretary Wilson. He, Oh, I think he owns tricel That's like the weird umbrella subsidiary
0: from RE5, right? Yeah. I, I don't think he owns it. He's in cahoots with Tricell. Tricell tricel is an independent uh, pharmaceutical corporation, but he is working with tricel and okay. getting some kind of kickback from it. All right. Mm. Yeah. So
2: he's got a financial investment in this and he, he claims he helped develop this inhibitor that stops the soldiers from turning into zombies. So, his, his plan here is he's trying to frame China for these bioweapon attacks to incite a war with China that will allow him to kind of sell these bioweapons to both Pan Amstan and the US. And mm-hmm. then, once they have all these like half zombie soldiers that need a constant supply of inhibitor, he's going to make a lot of money by selling them the inhibitor, right? He's got a. Yeah, you know, it's like selling insulin to diabetics. Like, he's got. A product that will sell regardless of circumstance. And so he's trying to get as many people zombified as possible.
0: Yeah, that that feels right. This. Like that feels like a little bit of like the, the kind of corporate evil that Resident Evil traffics in.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that they really force Jason into being the bad guy is what kind of bugs me. Like, why 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 couldn't Wilson just be the bad guy?
0: Yeah. yeah. Jason
2: doesn't do anything that they couldn't have had Wilson do, but it would make way more sense for Wilson to do it yeah but um yeah so we get we cut to the white house and him in the uh i don't know if it's his like chief of staff or who this other guy is (laughs) but wilson's really pushing the president to give this speech that's pretty inflammatory with the intention of inciting a war with china and he's like they Mm. hacked the servers they released (laughs) zombies on the white house they blew Mm. up leon's sub and the chief of staff is like, we didn't get proof that they did any of that. He's the only sane person in this entire show. He's like, (laughs) it's ridiculous. You're going to like create a start a huge war and collapse the global economy just because like, he says he thinks they did it. And the president takes Wilson's
0: side. He's like, Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. President cardboard over here. Like this (laughs) man, this guy is useless.
1: He's completely, all he does is like stare wistfully out the window. 90% of the time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it's, uh, yeah, you're right. He has, like, <laughs> it takes nothing to change his mind because in the next episode, I'll just say it here, when he's about to give the speech, he's talked out of it because Leon calls the guy they left behind and tells him to tell the president China didn't do it. So he goes up to the president and just goes, China didn't do it. Leon said <laughs> yeah, so. Literally. And then the president's like, oh, that's good enough for me.
0: He's like, like that's all it takes to talk him
2: out well, of it. Leon okay. said so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's no wonder this <laughs> world is on the precipice of right? disaster when the U.S. president is just, you know, uh, deciding things at at the whim of a whisper in his ear.
1: He just goes up to the pedestal and he's like, J.K., J.K., uh, I'm not yeah. going to start this <laughs> war after all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oy. Yeah. Um,
2: and this whole time Claire's been trying to get, like, interviews with Wilson because she's, you know, knows something fishy and she's trying to investigate it. So right. the episode ends with her getting black bagged. Just some secret agents break into her apartment and kind of taser. her.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, the final episode, we've got Wilson kind of talking to Claire, and this is where we get the big villain speech where he reveals his entire plan. We already kind of got this scene, but we get it again, just to really make sure you know exactly what's happening and why he's doing it. In a spooky lab underneath the White House? Uh, yeah, or this, underneath Andrew's Air Force Base. This is a, an abandoned or an unused missile silo, I think. Oh, okay. Got Based you. on how like the
0: roof opens at some point in the conflict, that's later. a good point. That mm-hmm. that's some quality inference there, Spencer. And, and I, I acid, was wondering, you know, like, yeah, it, you know, it's it's the classic, uh, it's the classic acid self destruct sequence.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, just to set the
2: stage, you're right. It's a giant. It almost looks like a prison block. Yeah. Uh, where mm-hmm. like the middle part is all these tanks with uh, with zombie soldiers in it. it. It kind of stacked up in this mis- abandoned missile silo. But then at this point, Jason shows up. They kind of skip over the logistics of how Jason, Leon, and Shen May just, like, teleport back here from China. Yeah, yeah. they'll just pop back from China, sure. Just yeah, the plot needs them to be here, so they're here now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all it takes. Uh, now, if this, Jason turns into, I guess, uh, they don't explicitly call it a tyrant but this is not the normal zombies that we see. He no. kind of looks like a cross between the incredible hulk
0: and groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah.
2: He's just like a big hulking green like plant monster.
0: Yeah, in he... a series known for wonderful monster designs, this they is are... extremely off-brand.
1: Generic yeah. monster number 83
0: and he can talk. Yeah, he seems
2: to maintain his like sentience here. He talks to Wilson and he bites him to infect him, kind of giving him like the taste of your own medicine. Now he's mm-hmm. like hooked on the inhibitor.
1: Then we get. Then know, just lets what... him
0: go. To be clear, uh, he just lets Wilson go yeah. at this point for some reason.
1: And it takes like yeah. five to six seconds of us watching him very slowly letting him go. Yes, I was kind
2: of okay with this. The idea that oh. you having to uh. live with this condition is a better as a more fitting punishment for you than just outright killing you. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I I just thought Mm -hmm. it was poor plotting, but, you know, I could see that. It doesn't match up with the things he does at the end of the episode, so Mm -hmm. it does still stink in the fact that it's not consistent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the idea of just infecting him and then leaving him to that fate, I'm fine with. Mm
1: -hmm. Then we
2: get, like, 15 minutes of just watching the Incredible Hulk play on a jungle gym. (laughs) (laughs) Because he decides that... The combat data is not enough. He wants to expose himself to the world to show what Wilson has been doing and show, like, this is what they turned me into. That, I don't understand why that's such a bad idea. Because, like, yeah, seeing it firsthand would be more convincing than just showing some biometrics and combat data and saying, see zombies. Yeah. But Leon thinks that's a terrible idea. So the, the kind of, like, pseudo fight scene here is him trying to, like tunnel to the surface instead of just taking the elevator they used to get down here where he's like punching through the roof of this missile silo uh as he like jumps from like crane to like shipping container it's it's actually weird now that i'm thinking about it the space makes no sense there's just a lot of random stuff that can be detached and dropped down that he's jumping from that claire's at a control panel trying to like stop him from getting to the surface
1: and like meanwhile like all the containers that hold the bioweapons are being thrown into acid
2: yeah we get a it's kind of like a very like resident evil movie red queen sequence where the computer Mm. goes virus outbreak detected initiating containment sequence and then Mm -hmm. just giant comical spouts shoot from the walls and just start filling the whole thing with acid and dropping the zombie containers into it at the bottom this whole place feels like a mario level it does. Yeah. It's a goofy scene. Um, He kills Shen Mei here, and that's... I
1: didn't even understand why that I happened.
0: I was so mad about this. I was
2: like, why? <laughs> it makes... Yeah, it makes no sense, because he seems in control. We don't... It never shows him as, like, struggling with this transformation. Like, we never get the bit of dialogue that's like, oh, I can only hold on to my humanity for, like, a certain amount of time. I'm starting hey. to lose it. Nope. Like, he's completely in control the whole time. And she says something. She's like... You don't have to do this. Like, we still can just show the combat data like we planned. (laughs) But he just snaps her neck. He's like,
1: I'm already dead and just kills her. And I was like, what?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It It was just like, yeah, again, it's the writer thought, oh, you know, it would be a dramatic beat here if he killed a character we like. And then so they included it apropos of nothing.
0: Yeah. I was also bummed about this because I kind of wanted to see Shen Mei turn up again. Like she was one of the more compelling parts of this, uh, this show.
1: Or, you know, be even more, com- well, not more compelling, but I mean, like, you also would have been compelling is if he actually started losing his shit and was, like, fighting through it, and then yep. in a fit of losing his mind, he ended up killing Shan uh, Mei, and he was like, oh, God, like, what am I becoming? Yeah. At least add some character to this so-called character. That would have made sense. We get my favorite Claire moment of the
2: show here, because she's on, there's a part where she's, like, taped to a chair, and she has to escape the chair- to, like, not die in the acid, and that happens. And then she's at the control panel, like I mentioned. There's a scene where she goes to, like, drop a crate down into the acid that uh, Jason is on, and she gets a little prompt that says, are you sure you want to do this? And she just goes, hell yeah, I'm sure. Bam. (laughs) it was great. Um, We get kind of a final confrontation. They're on the last container. Leon blows Jason's arm off. He, like, picks Leon up by the neck. And this, you know, again, more inconsistency. Doesn't
1: kill him
2: yeah like yeah. he's he did the same thing. he picked Shen Mei up and snapped her neck with one hand, and he decides to just toss Leon away instead like yeah. why did he not Shen Mei was on his side and he decided to kill her for no reason. Leon is like explicitly trying to kill him, but he decides that that's like fine, and
1: not only that he conveniently threw him to the lever to what's yeah. holding yeah. that thing up,
2: yeah, so I hate then that's how... so much
1: that sucks.
2: So this ends. Leon pulls the lever to drop the final crate. Jason's got nothing left to jump to. He falls in the acid. Leon is left dangling above a missile silo full of acid by just some, like, wires and rebar that are hanging (laughs) down from where Jason was punching the ceiling. And then it, like, cuts to
1: him, like, somewhere else. I'm like, how did he get down? (laughs) I didn't even see him jump off the thing. I thought he landed in the acid. I was like, I didn't see him jump from anywhere.
2: Yeah, no, they were just like, oh, I don't, how is he supposed to get down from there? He just eh, he
1: just cut to the next scene. it's fine.
2: And that kind of just resolves the whole thing, because the president ends up giving his, like, peace speech. It's like, the U.S. is all about peace, because, you know, Leon said China didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the end where he's got the chip, and they Claire and Leon meet up, and Claire's like, all right, give me that chip so I can, you know, show everyone what happened, and Leon's like... I can't do that. She's like, what? Why not? And he's just like, I'm going to solve this my way. It's like, what's solving it your way? Everyone that was involved. I mean, I guess he needs to go after Tricell.
1: I was confused too.
2: It's fitting. The last shot of this show is Leon walking up. I guess it's like a driveway down this road and it sticks on this for a long time. Yeah. But this animation is some of the worst in the show because you can see Leon's walk cycle kind of like stutter and reset with every step he makes. <laughs> I didn't like notice he takes, that. Yeah, go back and rewatch it. Leon takes two steps and then the walk cycle like just reloops and you can see the hitch every time it reloops the walk cycle for this like 20 second held shot on him
0: walking down this road. <laughs> oh, well, that's the show in a nutshell, isn't it?
1: Pretty much. And I have to go back and see that. Wow. It's hysterical.
0: Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) I try not to get angry at my works of fiction very often. You know, there's enough in real life to get angry at. But that scene with Leon and Claire at the end of this, it just doesn't remotely make any sense. I hated... The entire purpose of all of this was exposing that, uh, the conspiracy. And Leon kills the one guy who was going to expose the conspiracy in favor of having the chip. And then when he has the chip, doesn't expose the conspiracy. It's madness. It's utter madness. Yeah, Leon constantly seems to
2: flip-flop between wanting to expose it and not wanting to expose it.
1: And then at the end, he's like, I'm
0: going to finish this. It's like, you
1: probably could.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You've had multiple opportunities to finish this throughout the last two hours.
1: Stop trying to, like, artificially create a sequel.
0: Yeah, where he turns down Claire's help, just, you know, I feel like I
2: sound like a broken record, but that just seems like another instance to me of someone going, hmm, what would make a dramatic scene? Oh, we needed a dramatic scene where Leon turns away Claire's help. Right. Even though he has no
1: reason to do so. And create artificial tension between those two now.
0: Yeah. Sure. Well, I think that takes us to our impressions of this, uh, although, of course, we've been giving them over the uh, the span of the show. Hamilton, what did you think about this program?
1: So, thankfully, I went into this without any expectation whatsoever. Um, I don't even remember a lot of the the special effects, to be honest with you. I kind of just watched it through. I enjoyed, like I said, some of the moments where it was good, it was really good. And that was pretty much only when there was interesting dialogue between people. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, I don't think I cared for almost any of the action. Personally, I just was not interesting to me. The The thing in the White House lasted for all of, like, three seconds. Yeah. Um, the thing in the sub... I mean, I was too busy stuck on the fact, like, where did the rats come from? You're in a sub. <laughs> and, yeah, maybe there is rats in a sub, but enough to, like, literally take over the entire sub? For some reason, I was like, that... I don't know. Why am I yeah. putting logic in this crap? But that didn't make any sense to me. That wasn't interesting. Um... The fight scene at the very end is also not interesting. Again, it was just Hulk on Jungle Gyms. So, I don't know. Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 50%. Honestly, I'd probably give it like a 20. It's it's it, You could have it in the background, I guess, and listen yeah. for just a quip or two. In, you know, get a little chuckle out of the campiness. But otherwise, I, I got nothing out of this. I wouldn't have watched it. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your thoughts, Spencer? I don't know
2: why this was made or who it was made for. <laughs> <laughs> the animation, if I'm being charitable, at least just seems really inconsistent because I, I felt I found myself constantly flip flopping between thinking, man, this just like looks worse than the Resident Evil 2 remake, and sometimes thinking, okay, maybe it doesn't look that bad. And maybe part of that's just my own personal preference creeping in here a little too much, because I don't like this 3D animation stuff. Yeah. I like I mean either go 2d or go live action in my opinion I think the, the 3d doesn't look good some yeah, 3d things look good I guess so maybe this maybe I set the bar too high or maybe this does just suck <laughs> um my understanding is that the original language for this was English not Japanese so it's this is kind of an example of the worst like mouth movement I've ever seen <laughs> in an animated product I couldn't contain my hatred for the plot and writing of this as i kind of went over the episode notes so uh, this story stunk if you are coming to this as a resident evil fan it's the same story you've already heard a million times and this doesn't add anything interesting to it to like justify its existence Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and i'm sure this was expensive to make so they probably they just shouldn't have made it
0: (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i hate this (laughs) what did you think chris (laughs) Um, I'm entirely with you, Spencer. It's barely watchable, and the last 25 minutes of it are one of the single worst episodes of television I've ever seen. Uh, the, the last episode in particular... Uh, shoot. Jason killing Shen Mei. Jason deciding to go against the plan of exposing uh, the conspiracy. Leon trying to keep Jason from revealing himself on TV for some reason, and then Leon deciding not to expose the conspiracy at all once he had the chip, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I've just... I've rarely seen something that made so little sense. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it, the program has its moments. You know, it's got its good Leon one-liners. I really like the action set piece on the submarine. But most of what it does well is contained to episode two. And uh, I don't think it offers anything worth watching. I would strongly recommend uh, if you have listened to this episode and not watched the show, don't. It's uh, save yourself two hours and do literally anything else. (laughs) Agreed. And that's all for Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. We hope you've enjoyed listening, and encourage you to come back on August 1st for our coverage of Resident Evil 2. In the interim, consider backing us at patreon.com slash where you'll get access to a bonus episode each month, and even have the chance to vote on future episode topics. If you have any suggestions, you can also drop us a line on Twitter using the handle at franchise underscore fest, or email us at franchisefestival at gmail As ever, we've been your hosts Chris, Spencer, and I'm Hamilton. Thanks for listening, folks. Goodbye.